I love to sit and watch Missouri River go by It swirls and boils, it gets low, it gets high And every one day will happen during a flood Up to here All right. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. You're listening to the Missouri Catfish Podcast. Everything catfish here. And the music you heard on the intro was Cowboy Bart, Red, and the Magic Band, Miss Karpowitz on the fiddle. Very cool. We went down to hear them at Cooper's Landing. And that's right south of the Columbia, right on the river. They have boat fueling. The Katy Trail is right there. So a lot of city people going out to, to have an evening outdoors. But but a great time. I had a stuffed baked potato from Mr. Murphy's Stuffed Potatoes, Spicy Bacon and Blue Potato. I thought it was excellent. They have food trucks there, different ones all the time. Some of it might be a little spicy if you have a sensitive spouse or or you're sensitive to that sort of thing but what a great time and kevin wood sent me this article which i thought was interesting i had heard that the tennessee state record was beat there was a new tennessee state record down in tennessee but the article itself was very interesting because micah burkhart had caught previously the state record, 118-pounder in September. And then he had caught this 122-pounder to beat his old record. And he was thinking that this may be the same fish that he'd caught before. Now, we had talked about the 108-pounders caught previously on the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament and then someone pre-fishing for another tournament, how that might have been the same fish, who knows. Micah was thinking this might be the same fish because it was caught very similar in the same place, pretty much, where he'd caught the last one. And he caught a 69-pounder and a 72-pounder earlier that day, and then he caught the really big one on a homemade planer. So he was fishing current, white bass for a, a head is, is what he caught it on. And what a cool, cool story. And I can't help but thinking if, if we had, if someone would take like a DNA swab for all these catfish over a hundred pounds, maybe there could be some genetic data bank 
going back and and uh, the scientists could, could glean something from it. Is it a lot of the same fish? Are they the same genetically? But I think a, a genetic bank for any triple-digit fish, I, I think we should start compiling this. And I don't know who to talk to, maybe, maybe someone at the conservation. I think it would be a very cool and interesting topic because... I've read before where, like when Lewis and Clark were here, there were all these triple-digit fish, 200-pound fish, and they say that those genetics are long gone. I always question how big they actually were and if the genetics are completely gone. So a project like that would really... would really. shed some light on that and be very very interesting just the fundamental question are we catching the same big fish over and over if we are it's great people are turning them loose to be caught again but if not it i think it's it's definitely different from management standpoint as far as the 2023 points race leaderboard for the central missouri catfish tournaments Brian Saunders and John Spadafora are back on the top with their big Drake Harbor win. Joe Bell, David Burtz, Carol Bell, Stella Bell, Loretta Turner in second. Third, Dale Smith, Daniel Jacobs, Dean Benner. Fourth, Philip Nordmeyer, Michael Sutner. Fifth, Chris White, Jed Osborne. Sixth, Wayne Stevens, Russell Michaels. Seventh, Lucas Hartman, Brian Hartman. Nick Sankpill, Dustin McClellan, Christina Hartman, Bailey Hartman. Boat full there. Eighth, Eric Leakes, Carter Leak, Jacob Ezel, and Andrew Kennedy. Ninth, the Casins, Joey Jr. and Sr., Landon Sturgeon, Kyle Woods. And tenth, Craig Shoemate, Brad Shoemate, and Bobby Smith. Eleventh, Josh Weed, Brady Stone, and Jad Miller. And twelfth, we'll stop there, Greg Twillman and Wade Horseman. Now, what was interesting is for Jeff City, there's already been a couple people pre-registered, and notably, Brian Saunders was not on the pre-registration. He may have to go on vacation or something, but John Spadafora and B.J. Martin are signed up. So it'll be very interesting if uh, see if uh, John's been, been carrying the, the load there, so to speak. Yesterday, there were several nice, nice fish caught. Anthony Adams, John Young, they were bumping, I think, downriver. They caught an 85 and a, and a fish in the 60s, so very good to see that. There was a 58-pounder caught in the Grand River yesterday, I believe around Brunswick. So, great to see those. Those fish bumped, they'd, they'd be in the main channel, but that 58-pounder probably coming off the spawn, so that tells you where we are there. That was a very nice fish. And the water on the Missouri yesterday, I got out there, it was 80 degrees, and of course I'm not a very good fisherman, but I didn't see a, a lot of fish, but it was a very funny day. Of course, Anthony Adams had, had great luck, but wore a, a jacket or a wore a long sleeve button up shirt for when you're driving around it was a, a very cool day and it, it I just got the feeling the weather kind of 
it kind of messed him up a, a little bit. And it it's aggravating because I've wore this shirt several times, but I have a button-up shirt that's supposed to be a fishing shirt. You can roll the sleeves up. And it's a very nice shirt, but it, it gets caught in a cast net every single time I, I wear it. I'm going to have to remember that. And I hadn't been fishing in so long. I did several things just when you're out of the rhythm. It, it's just hard. It's good to get back in into the rhythm because if you haven't been out there in a while, then you go out there, things just don't go as smoothly as first. So glad glad to get, get back on there doing that. Again, the water was 80, 80.2. is a little warmer in the Grand, but, but just about the same. The core had put up, they'd done quite a bit of surveying on the dikes I was seeing. So I think we're in store for some more riprap, it looks like. There's there's stakes on one end of a dike and then and then on the other end of the dike where where they'd washed out or, or where the core had let the water flow through there for environmental concerns. So I would expect to see some more rip wrap it as soon as the as soon as they can get up there and do that i did want to say that i was completely wrong about the running water down at the truman and in the lake of the ozarks i had thought just as as hot as it was they would would have that water going for those tournaments and it was just a trickle um I, i would say you can get on online and see the release schedule or at least see what how they have been releasing the water and would give you an idea on whether they're going to be running water truman lake of the ozarks give you an idea and i just google truman dam release schedule or bagnell dam release schedule and it will tell you give you an idea of what's going on i guess they're just so drawn down from from all the from the drought that that they just aren't running any and hearing those sirens go off and releasing water that's a great great sound to hear on the Missouri I did think yesterday that they had released or that it was flowing I, I'd expected it to be lower than it was so it, it was good to good to see that and good to be out there If you have any news, anything you want to talk about, Missouri Catfish Podcast at gmail.com. I want to apologize. This, our interview for today is Eric Keller and Jay Osborne, and there is an echo, and it's not their fault. It, it was on my side. I don't know if I'm going to have to get some new equipment, but th- there was an echo. I think we've had this problem when we had multiple guests before, but in in the echo threw off my questions. Not that I'm a, a good interviewer anyway, but it, it's kind of irritating when when you're when you're hearing that. So it kind of threw threw me off. So Eric and Jay, very cerebral guys. I think you all will really enjoy this conversation. They are guys I would compare. They're almost like Al Linder. They're always trying new stuff. Sometimes they strike out on it or it doesn't work out, but they're always thinking. 
always coming up with new things, how to catch fish. They came on my radar at a tournament. The water was way up. I think it was Waverly or Miami. These catfish were up off the bottom moving, and they had one of those tournaments where they just beat everyone away going. They just smoked everybody. They they had the answer for these fish up on the move. Nobody else had the answer. And when, when there's just different conditions like that, whenever things are a little different, these are the kind of guys that, that come through and, and, and win big tournaments. And I would not be surprised to see them win a few here down the stretch because I think Eric and Jay, they're, they're finally getting to, to fish a little back on the river. We're going to see, see them turn in some, some good fish. So we're going to pause real quick for a short break and get in here for the interview. Thanks so much for listening. This Benthic broadcast is brought to you by Easy Clips Culling System, which you can purchase directly from their Facebook page or from Tackle Bandits. For sponsorship, advertising, or any other kind of promotional information, please email the podcast at MissouriCatfishPodcast at gmail.com or message our Facebook page, Twitter, or Instagram. So we're on here with Eric Keller and Jay Osborne, and you all... One down at Truman at, at Bucksaw. Could could you tell us a little bit about that win? Um, we kept it pretty simple. Um, I told Jay that you know that tournament's been won up in the stumps um, many times, and we never go up there. And so before the tournament, I told Jay, I said we're not going to get beat in the stumps in this tournament. We went up there and we end up catching the fish we need to, to catch in that area. Um, yep. So so what were your strategies in other tournaments here? Well, on Truman, when they're running water, um, you know, we'll, we like to, or I like to suspend fish in front of the dam. It's my favorite way to fish. We've tried that before. Um, I think we tried dragging baits in areas that I thought would hold fish. And they just didn't have it. I don't know. How have we, how have we messed that tournament up before that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's home waters. You just always seems like you overthink your home water. It's like, I don't know. It, just think too much, I think. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely get inside your own head there. Um, I was just curious if there was one or two strategies that most people go one way and then the rest of them go the other way. I will say it's not like me to go where a lot of boats go. I, I try to find a way not to do that. And so if I think all the boats are going to head up, I'm going to try to find a way to go the opposite way. So, so, so you zig when everybody's zagging in general. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, it, did you all, the whole thing was a, a tight deal and it looked like your big fish separated you. Yeah. Yeah, um, caught him there towards the end of the tournament, uh, dragon bait, 
and uh, very thankful. And we've done something we ought, we had never done before in tournament, and that's actually catch a flathead too. And oh, that flathead was was definitely helpful towards us winning that tournament. So, did did you catch many slotfish? Didn't we catch a few, Jay? I can't really remember. Uh, yeah, I think we had maybe two or three that tournament, but not not as many as there should have been on a no. regular Truman Lake tournament. There should have, we should have probably caught you know ten or twelve on average, but this time we didn't catch very many. So, so just to back up for a minute for people that don't know you all, you, you all are from down in that area. Yes, yeah, that's, um, I live in Clinton, which Truman Lake is, the upper end is in Clinton, and Jay, Jay doesn't live there close right now, but he used to. Yep. Gotcha. Go ahead. I grew up, oh, just five minutes from Tally Bend boat ramp, so the upper end of Truman is mostly where i spent my time gotcha and and how did y'all end up being fishing partners oh i don't how did it work out eric well i knew your brother first and i can't remember how i met your brother jeff Maybe, (laughs) maybe on facebook and then i remember he had you go catch bait with me one time when it was freezing cold out yes that's what it was and, uh, and then we started fishing together. Yep. So you, you figured out if, if he was silly enough to go out there with you and freeze, <laughs> it, it's someone to, to keep going fishing with. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we fish I think well it was together. actually the first time you see me back a boat down uh, Missouri River ramp. He was like, yep, he's, he's my partner. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. So you all have had some big wins before, and then this year, I don't want to it, – it seems like sometimes the results weren't there. It, it was really good to see you all put this one together. Yeah, um, last year was was horrible. We just – we couldn't do any – we only had one good tournament, and thankfully it was a big one. But um, And then this year – kind of had a new mindset and thought we were going to do well really hadn't put anything together until Truman which winning the Truman one was a big one because it's always been the toughest tournament um, like Jay said you just overthink your home water so much so winning winning the Truman tournament was actually a, a really really big win for us and just to not not to give away your secrets or anything but do you think it's like you go back to waypoints or places you've done well before, like you just get stuck in a rut? Absolutely. You fish memories, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, which actually we kind of, that's what we did. When we went to stumps. We kind of went to known spot, but it's just something we, we hadn't done before. I can get a little bit too creative sometimes. <laughs> I think that happens every time on Truman and, um, or think of something that had worked in the past. 
Well, and, and the problem with Truman, so much of it looks good to me. It does. Yeah. Yep. So, y- you all caught that big fish late. Did, did you ever change gears th- through the tournament, or did you just stay in the stumps and keep doing that? No, we, we switched gears to catch that fish. We would we had been anchored up, um, and we switched to dragon baits um, over some flats that we know well. And when we when we switched up to uh, to drifting or, or dragon baits, that's that's when we got the big fish bite. Awesome, and it it's always how long do you wait? You, you hear people stay in one spot, and then the big one comes, and then most of the time it never comes. What when exactly, or, or what prompted you to to change? We just weren't getting the bites we needed anchored up and felt like those fish had kind of changed their feeding pattern at the bite had slowed down. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things like we needed to make a change. Um, but we didn't want to go too far. We knew we were in an area that was holding fish and the fish we needed to win that tournament. So we, we didn't go very far from where we anchored up and we cast it out and, and started dragging baits and were fortunate enough to, to get the bite we needed. And caught, I think we upgraded on some smaller fish too, if I remember right. All right. Um, as far as going forward, you, you all are, are lake fishermen, but you do a lot of river fishing too, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of really like last year and the year before focused more on the Missouri River than than actually the lakes. And that's probably why I didn't do very good on the lakes. But um, you know, when I had free time to fish, I was I was headed to the river. It was that for the upside potential. Yeah, and just Missouri River is just so challenging, and you just never know, you know, when the fish of a lifetime is going to bite. Uh, plus, I spent so much time on those lakes. I've had some very good days fishing, and I don't know. The, the Missouri River is still very new to me. And do you all fish together mainly when you're recreationally fishing or alone? Oh, we fish together, you know, you know, occasionally. We don't fish together a lot. I don't fish as much as I used to. I just don't have time with what's going on with uh, my family and, and career-wise. But, uh, you know, we also will fish with different people, too. Cool. Um, it is... I wanted to ask you all this because I got this question in today and, and it's not really, it, it's a, someone asked how to tell Asian carp from catfish in reservoirs. And, and we don't have them thankfully in our reservoirs too much, but would you have a tip for anyone that would with that problem? I can tell you on the river that they do mark different on the 2D. Um, 
and I'm not an expert on the 2D, but usually you can tell a catfish has got a nice um, arch to it on the 2D, whereas an Asian carp will be a little bit uh, broken up, maybe, I guess you um, try to picture. I can usually look at 2D and say, I think that's a carp, or I think it's a catfish. Like on mine, it, it seems that the scale fish are a little yellower and like a catfish would have some red in it, but maybe our finder. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with the setting I use on my Lowrance, um, uh, your bigger catfish, you'll get a green return, which I think I use 13. Um, and that's indicative of, of its air bladder. Um in the hardness of its head. Uh, plus you can just kind of tell how they're schooled up too. That's probably the biggest thing. And, and that's probably a good way for somebody to learn is, you know, you can go out to the river and if you see a big school of fish, it's more than, it's going to be those carp. And so you can just kind of look and see how they're, they're marking on the 2D. And then sometimes if, if you get away from there, you'll see some individual fish. And um, I think that's the catfish kind of staging up where they can come in and feed on those carp. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I hope that answers the question for the listeners because we, thankfully, we don't have that problem in our lakes too much. But, you know, sometimes they do orient towards the bottom, you know, the big heads and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, what what are your plans going forward? Well, I'm hoping to uh, get some more uh, get some more um, wins or, or or good good finishes in the tournament. Uh, summer, I can focus more. I don't have as much responsibilities going on. Like I told you before the interview, I, I was down in Jeff City yesterday doing some scouting, trying some new stuff. Um, just getting just getting ready for tournaments. Uh, I know last year I didn't have hardly time to fish at all, and, and, and it shows by the lack of fish we put in the boat. Yeah, and and the river, what lakes change, but the river, it seems like every time you put in, it's just completely different to me. And Absolutely. It, if you're not fishing regular, it's it's just like learning it all over. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a rise and a fall will change stuff. Uh, the I will say that one thing I I believe to be a fact is the fish on a river are more sensitive to barometer changes than fish in a lake. Um, seems like when you get a cold front, it'll shut down some river fish pretty quick. But lake fish, if you maybe it's just because there's more of them. You can you can kind of find some fish that are feeding here and there. Okay, and it, it, as far as your what you found on the river, like if the barometer, let's say they're shut down, do you think they're changing areas, or do you think they're just shut down feeding? I think they just shut down. I think uh, they go into the mud when you got a rising pressure, and you you're probably going to have to put something right in front of them to to get a bite they just 
they're lethargic, they don't want to feed, um, which I've always found is odd because there's not, I wouldn't think there's as much to feed on in the river as in the lakes. So I would think um, they would constantly be looking for food when they're in the river system. But I mean, you can see it on tournaments when after a storm that barometer dries and I mean, 13, 15 to 20 pounds sometimes can win the tournament. Yeah, well, Bobby Copas won that tournament a few, well, last month, I guess, with 18 pounds or something. Uh-huh. And then Brenniger caught, they, they caught over 200 pounds the next week. It, it's just mm-hmm. wild. It is. That's, and that's, that's further evidence of, of how much that, you know, changing weather patterns can, can affect the fish, whether they're, they're moving around or they just, they found a place where they can rest and that's where they want to stay. I wanted to ask too, who is Riley Osborne? Is that Jay? Is that your child? That's my wife. Your wife. Okay. Yes. Okay. I didn't see the picture. So does she go regularly? Uh, that was actually the first tournament she's ever fished with us, or really the first time she's ever fished with us together. Did, did you all burn her out? Uh, I don't think so, but now it's into the summertime and it's night tournaments, and she's not much of a stay-up-all-night type of gal, and, you know. Yeah, it, well, if you if you can get her out there and fight bugs for fourteen hours, you probably won't have to take her anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. And, and Eric, you you have a boy that's been fishing too, sometimes with you. Yeah, the my boys will go occasionally. Um, I wish I could get all three of. I got my two boys and my daughter. And I wish I could get all three of them to go at the same time, but they don't like that. It, I'm going to take them fishing. They want to go by themselves. So, and uh, they haven't really developed the passion for fishing like I have yet either. And it, it's tough. I don't know you if you all started out on catfish, but like myself, I started out bass fishing. There's a lot of action to it, which is probably what you should take children doing, but I don't have any interest in that too much. No. It, it, it's tough to take a child and, and get three bites in a night and look at a graph for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my sons, they'll, they'll go out. Um, if actually, before Jay and I started fishing together, I would persuade them to fish a, a tournament here and there with me. And, um, yeah, they, they lose interest pretty fast. So, if someone was starting out here, and, and I get a lot of people emailing that starting out, just looking for answers, I guess. If you had to tell yourself what you know now, let's say 10, 15 years ago, what, what would you have said? Just fish. And then, you know, don't be afraid to start a conversation at a boat ramp. I've probably mm-hmm. learned more. Um, for fishing the river just by talking to the guys at the boat ramp than anything. I think I went to the Missouri River 12, maybe 14 times before I ever put a fish in the boat. Um, it was just a, <laughs> I was beginning to wonder if 
if I was crazy for even keep trying it. But you know, <laughs> I'd go there and then I'd come home and I'd see somebody on Facebook that caught fish, and I was like, why can't I do that? But uh, yeah, I I think you know just ask questions, um, try something new. We try something new a lot. We try new yeah. areas. Um, just kind of, you know, kind of just trying to figure out, figuring out a pattern. And, and when, honestly, Jay and I do stuff I've never seen people do before and we catch fish. <laughs> so. which, which means a lot of it doesn't work though, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you ground yourself with that? You, you try like a percentage of new things and then anchor yourself with the, the old things? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to tournament time, we, we get back to what we know, that's for sure. And, um, maybe more than what we should. We got we to gotta start fishing new areas. Um, you know, if, 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 there, there's a spot we have if the tournament's out of Glasgow, we always run to that spot. But we, it seems like we always catch fish there. We've got to get away from that. We gotta, we gotta find a, you know, new ways out of that boat ramp and and different strategies. Um, but you, you mean like breaking down new water? Yeah, yeah, we need. Definitely need to break down new water, um, and just try different things. Like sometimes those fish are behind the dikes, sometimes those fish are on dike tips, sometimes those fish are, are further out than that. Um, just trying different things, uh, figure out what type of pattern they're in. Yeah, and it, it would be great if, if work was like this, but eight hours seems like such a short period when you're tournament fishing. Yeah, it, it, it does, and it seems like noon comes there really, really fast. And, uh, you know, on a day tournament, and you're, you can usually tell how well you're going to do on a river tournament by noon, it seems like. Yeah, because, I mean, you really don't have much time after that factoring and getting back. No, one thing, and Jay and I discussed it. We got to stop making these panic big runs. Uh, if we get in an area and we know it has fish, we just got to figure out how to put those fish in the boat and quit running. And, and I'm the guilty party 30 <laughs> miles down river <laughs> to another spot um, trying to catch those fish. Yet, it, and you're always second guessing, you know, should, should, we should have just went down there. And then if you go down there, it's, you wasted a lot of time. It, it's really a, the mental toughness thing almost. It is. And, you know, I, I tell Jay this a lot. I said, there's a thousands, thousands of decisions can be made in the tournament. Um, and the main thing is just keeping a clear head about it. Having a strategy and sticking with it. Absolutely. I think that if, you know, we were a lot more successful in, in 21 than we were in 22, but in 21, I didn't know a lot. And so we would stick to something mm -hmm. until we made it work. 
And then I think in 2022, we uh, we just tried some stuff that I really hadn't proven that much. And we just weren't, weren't successful. Yeah, you, you can outsmart yourself pretty pretty easy out there, especially on the river. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anyone you, you want to thank or any sponsors or anything before I forget? Uh, we really don't have any sponsors right now. Um, maybe we feel better we'll reach out to some. I would like to thank the guys that, that fish Central Missouri, um, especially, you know, the top dog Saunders and Spatifora, they've always been helpful if I have some questions. I still feel like I'm pretty new new to the sport, even though I myself get people asking questions. But, um, you know, everybody's pretty friendly, pretty helpful. Of course, everybody wants to win. But, you know, after the tournament, if you ask them, hey, did you do this, did you do that, usually most guys are pretty helpful with that. Yeah, I, I think everybody wants it, – it's good everybody catching fish, you know. It, I think it's – everyone that fishes the tournaments knows how hard they can be. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I do think there's a lot of – you know, people may not give you their fishing hole, but if people think you're sincere on the tournament, I think they're pretty forthright. Oh, I think so, too. Um you know, and then hats off to you know, Shane for, for putting it on for us, but he just seems like he draws a, a good, good group of guys. Mm-hmm. And Jay, did, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, but I'm just saying that Shane puts on a heck of a tournament and draws, you know, the best best anglers that's in Missouri for sure. So this is a a question I've been asking that I find humorous. Um, Have you all tore up anything this year? (laughs) Mm. No, the boat's been pretty well. I I think I had to fix a prop, but I think I ruined that prop last year. So it's, we're we're usually pretty good and we're pretty pretty safe and not tearing much stuff up. Okay, good. Knock on wood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Well, how did you all do um, over at Drake Harbor? Hmm. Not hmm. as good as I thought we would. Um. I really thought that would be a really tough tournament. It was June spawn. There was no current. Um, uh, and we had caught an over. I really thought with the over we had and the, the fishing being tough that we were going to be top five at that point. And I was a little shocked to see we came in 10th on that one. Because um, I thought we had, for the conditions, a pretty good bag. They weren't running any water. No, there's just a little trickle coming out of the out of a gate that they used to keep oxygen going in the water, and that's about it. No, the generators weren't running, and it was pretty disappointing. But uh, there were some there were some great fish caught for that area during that time of year. Huh? Yeah. I, well, I was wrong there. I 
I didn't go to it, but I thought they were going to be running some as hot as it was. Yeah, just Truman's just so low right now. That, I mean, they got Truman sucked down. I think it's below normal pool. Um, they they can't really get rid of a lot of water out of Truman right now. Okay, well, one of the many things I'm wrong. So, so did anybody since they weren't running water? Did anyone? Did most people go down to the main lake? Yeah, I, I think some people went. Uh, quite a ways. I don't know. What do you think, Jay? We were, you think we ran about twenty miles? Yeah, thereabouts. We were twenty so. We went about twenty miles down, but I think there was quite a few guys that went right around forty. Maybe in there's probably teams that went further than that. Uh- Well, um, did, did you all have anything before you? Uh, I let you go here. Um, only thing I would say that um, you know anybody wanting to get started out is just get time on the water as much as you possibly can. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. That's definitely yeah. what's helped us. Is we do a lot of new things, and, and like I said earlier, we do stuff that I've never seen anybody do before, but. It'll catch fish. And j- just for a balance for people, what what are you all – how much screen time are you all doing before you fish? Well, I would say on the river, I, I do graph, and one of the things we look for when we get in there is I like being around some some wood. Um we have our best luck on the river if we, we can find some wood and, and fish around that. Um, but when I pick a um, place on the river for us to go, I look at um, the Navionics map on my phone in Google Earth more than anything. And I'll say, that area right there should have fish. And that's exactly what happened yesterday when I went to fish Jeff City. I was just looking at the maps um, before I ever put the boat in the water, I think I said, I think that area right there will hold fish. And I caught, a, caught some fish in that area. Two, two questions from that. Um, do, do, is your Navionics on your phone, does it link to your fish finder? It can. Um, so I can set waypoints on my phone. When I get on the boat and turn on my fish finder, it will transfer those. But it's not something I do regularly. That's something on a slow day at work I'd probably catch myself doing. Um, two, does Navionics, when you open it on the river, does it kill your cell phone battery? Um, it probably would, but uh, if I'm... The, the very few times that I have transferred points, I'll just open my phone long enough to link it to the fish finder, and then I'll, I'll cut it off and, and won't link it anymore. Okay. Because I, I always like using that app. Like, once I'm on a spot, it, it's this is kind of my – I move too much. But once I'm on a spot, 
I'm on that app looking for the next spot. Yeah. It's, but it, it just kills my phone. So I was just wondering if you if you had that problem. Um yeah, I just I don't use use the phone. I use the phone more before the tournament than, you know, lunch break at work or something. If, um kind of like the Jet City um coming up. I was just looking looking at my phone on lunch break and and looking at um the channel switches and and the, and the bends and thinking, well, I, I think there would be fish here, and I think there would be fish here. And you keep looking and looking, and then you find yourself in a long way away, and then then you got to go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's just me. All right. Well, thank you all so much. I, I see you all at the tournaments all the time, and I, I wanted to have you on here for so long. And, and I'm just happy you all won one, and we we can have you on. But don't be afraid, e- even if you don't win one, we, we'd love to have you back. Oh, um, I love talking fishing, so it's it's my favorite subject. So, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Missouri Catfish Podcast, and we could not do it without your input, outreach, encouragement information so please send your pictures anything you want good bad or otherwise to the missouri catfish podcast at gmail.com or find us on twitter or on instagram missouri catfish podcast at gmail.com and of course we're on facebook missouri catfish podcast and night owl bait company again thank you thank you for listening because we couldn't do it without you quick shout out again to kevin wood for listening, Matthew Harding for listening, and Eric Harmon out there. Everybody, thanks to the contributors because they, without them, we, we couldn't get it done. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to share the podcast, post it, repost it, however you all do that. Text it to your buddies. And that is really how this podcast has grown so much is just through direct word of mouth. It, it hadn't really been a promoted thing with, with big corporate sponsors, anything like that. So thanks again, Kevin, Matthew, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. Looking ahead, July 11th, that's this coming Tuesday, Missouri River Relief has their Big Muddy Speaker Series. And they are featuring Dr. Rob Johnson. He's a hydrologist, which deals with water flow, water impacts. And I think they're looking at specifically the difference in the Missouri River and the Mississippi River and why they are so different in in how they are now and how the Corps has managed them and, and what it's done for recreation and everything. So it's not a fishing seminar per se but it would be i think it'd be pretty interesting because cat fishermen are related i mean everything they do is related to current somehow so again that's at Les bourgeois winery in roachport but it's also online so you can register for that or you can watch it later online at any time july 15th and 16th this is the west johnson memorial fishing tournament in brunswick that's on the grand river but Almost everybody will be fishing out in the Missouri River on it. But, again, that's a great one. It's a memorial. It's for a fundraiser to raise money for scholarships. 
and it's just a really terrific time, and I, I hope to see everybody there. I'll be there for sure, and it, it's fun. There's some huge fish caught at this one, and it's not part of a tournament series. I don't want to say it's there's lots of boats in it, but you see some different people than you would see um, at the tournament um, a series. So it's it's a laid back fun event, but there's huge fish caught every year, and it's it's a big deal to win it. It's fun. It, it's just a great time. So I'd encourage you to check that out, and especially if you're if you're new to catfishing tournaments, that may be a good one to uh, go to to kind of break into and. Um, if you're a grizzled vet, you can go and, and try to take it all and, and show show us what you got there. July 29th and 30th, that's an overnight tournament as well. Jeff City, the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament, Norin Access. And this is going to be a huge tournament. I've talked to a lot of people, and more people are getting ready for this one, pre-fishing, looking for fish, gearing up for everything. This is this I think will be one of the most uh it, it's one of the most anticipated tournaments all year as, as far as I can see. There's been a lot of these late tournaments and we're switching gears for the for the home stretch here on the rivers and on the river I couldn't be more excited about that. August 19th and 20th. This is the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament. They're big fish it is a $500 buy-in, so it's a big money thing, three fish total. It will be an exciting tournament, and it was at Dalton last year, and this year they're having it at Stump Island in Glasgow. So you might look to that, and if nothing else, come down to the weigh-in. Stump Island's a great place. You can camp down there. You can do lots of things, and anyone just getting started, I would encourage you to come to the way into these things and you'll just see kind of how things work things operate and it would make you a better fisherman just just kind of being around there absorbing it and people will talk to you whether they've done well or not so so i'd encourage that see you all out there on the river on the lakes stay safe and and tight lines